0: The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production.
1: What's up guys, it's the phenomenal AJ Styles, you're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh my God, this is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the Two Man Power Trip
0: Podcast.
1: This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the Prince of Pro
2: Wrestling, and you are listening to Two Man Power Trip. This
0: is Jimmy Vyde, the Boogie Woogie Man. Tell my people on my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey everybody out there, this is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well guys, it's
1: great to be on the show again. I appreciate you asking me back. So You said you were going to pinch yourself. I didn't know it was that kind a show now. I mean, if you guys are in the privacy of your own home, if you want to do these things. Good. How you doing, Chad?
2: Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We're ready to go or what? Oh, uh, uh. Hey, man. What's up, guys? This is
0: Homicide.
1: Oh, that's my homie. Homicide with a big homie club. Yeah, that would be
0: it. Hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling, and now they bring to you the greatest legends, hall of famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Jazz, the two men. Look out! Oh, oh stomped to the side of the head. Good God. I mean, Raddock has a massive skull, but Tim Storm is he's got big boots. Yeah. Showing signs of life. There you go. Building an offense. No hey, okay. kid. Oh, oh, look at that. Gets the Enziguri up. Well, if anyone has the quickness advantage, it would be him. I stand corrected. Perfect Storm. Hooks the leg. Got him. Here is your winner, Tim the Perfect Storm. Tim Storm. Unstoppable. Incredible. Strong welcome back, Tim Storm. All right. This is the two-man power trip of wrestling. And you are listening to the flagship two man power trip of wrestling interview podcast. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and every single week I'm joined here by my tag team partner, the one and only JP John Paz. And John, today on the show, as we approach our five year anniversary, we bring in a former NWA world champion and a man who has been in the news as of late with the reemergence here of the NWA as we get ready for some hard times as the one and only Tim Storm joins the two-man power trip of wrestling. Tim Storm, a guy that you and I have talked about on our own here for a couple of years now finally getting the opportunity to join us and i know uh you were glowing after the interview was over telling me how great of an interview it was how great of a guy it was tell us what we have to look forward to today in this interview here with uh the the timeless here tim storm
2: yeah really i mean we kind of did a 180 on him big time not as <laughs> far You know, not as far as we like him or anything like that. It was one of those things when he first was kind of christened NWA champion, we're like, man, he. and we talk about this in the interview, like, he's in his 50s. Isn't that, you know, maybe too old to be NWA champion? Is that the right guy? Is this the right timing? You know, all all those other things that you think we would talk about, we talked about, and then we talked about it, obviously, in the interview as well, but When they did that series, the NWA Ten Pounds of Gold with uh, Dave Lagana, and they did all those YouTube videos and stuff, it was like, okay, all right, interesting the way they're kind of building up. He's a common man. He's he's older, but he's in great shape. He kind of embodies that old-school NWA champion. Okay, and you're, you're kind of buying into him. You're kind of buying into him. And then he starts this feud with Nick Aldis, and then you start believing in him more and more. And then as it goes through, obviously, Nick Aldis wins the NWA world title, and it kind of makes a complete shift. And He's been champ for over a year now and just been dominant as the champion. And as we head towards the hard times pay-per-view, it's kind of up in the air. Who's Nick Aldis going to fight? Who's going to be the NWA television champion as that will be crowned at the pay-per-view? Will that be Tim Storm? So that's kind of all up in the air, all interesting. But the most interesting thing to me is how he has kind of, Changed our look of him, our perception, because of his promos. He is just so damn good on the mic. He's been so great. And this format of the studio wrestling has kind of been a godsend for him and and great for Nick Aldis as well because it's one of those sink or swim things. If you're good at promos, this studio wrestling is going to make you, you know, even better, it's going to accentuate you. Stink think of promos, you're going to really, you're going to sink. I mean, it's going to be bad. You're going to look bad. It's not going to go well for you. So you have to be able to execute these promos in this studio format, in this style, in this old school type of way. And Tim Storm has been knocking it out of the park. A lot of people say, Al, oh, this might be the best promo. But realistically, if you think about it. To me, Tim Storm has been the best promo week in and week out, talking about Mama Storm, talking about stuff that you wouldn't think would get over as a babyface, but it really has generated a lot of interest, and the people absolutely love it. And He's been getting over with it. So I can't kind of put over the fact enough of how great of a promo he has been, how great he's doing in the NWA, and kind of how when we initially said, ah, he's too old to be champion, or he's too old to get a push, or he's too old to be the focus of TV show – that's the 180 right there. That's the flip for us. He has totally, totally been perfect in the role for the NWA. And of course, I have to mention NWA Hard Times officially. On pay-per-view, you can check out the live stream at Fight TV. That's fight.tv. And it's January 24th, 7 p.m. It's only nineteen ninety-nine, So great deal. Great buy. Highly suggest NWA hard times. It's not just Dusty Rhodes' great promo. It's also Billy Corgan's new single.
0: And it's also, if you ever take a trip down to Cobb County, Georgia, you'll be experiencing it pretty uh, pretty bad, if I uh, if I do remember correctly. But, you know, I remember even back in when we first started the show in 2015, seeing Tim Storm, you know, on the, the posters for shows that were not anywhere near our area. He was a guy that, as Northeasterners, we didn't really know that much about. I mean, he's got a name where you can remember it, but we didn't really know much about him. So when you see him on those NWA uh, 10 Pounds of Gold series shows, I mean, I, I wouldn't say... That it sold me on him with the NWA championship and, and the NWA coming back as a whole. But seeing the response to the show, and I think he's really come more into his own on the television more than anything. And I think that's really cool to see. And to me, age doesn't matter in professional wrestling. To me, if you're older now, I think that makes you better. So it's really cool to see that he's uh, he's come so far and he's, uh, he's really rocking it. And uh, again, like I said, you were glowing after this interview, reporting back to me and letting me know, you know, like this was completely not what you expected. And I think that makes it even better. I think that makes for an even better listen uh, when you can find that uh, that common ground. So before we get into it, just the keys to the game, if you will, uh, a lot to talk about uh, the next week as we have our big five-year anniversary. But the keys to the game here for the uh, the Tim Storm interview, what do you want us to listen for?
2: Really, we're just going to go A to Z on the NWA. We're going to talk about the Bruce Tharp era. We're going to talk about him winning the NWA, a World Heavyweight Championship, what that meant to him, how it was really real to him to win the NWA title, which sounds like a cliche or corny or something, but it's really not. It's something that he's been a longtime fan and a longtime NWA fan, and it's something that he felt emotionally and felt a real connection to that belt. So winning it was very important. We talk about who he beat for the title, the big monster, Jack Dane. We go all the way through to current day. NWA talking about his feud with Nick Aldis. He slapped her around the world. Camille slapped him silly. Um, the internet's reaction to his reaction of it, which was uh, hilarious in, in its own right, because they were upset that he got mad that she slapped him in the face. Very, very weird wrestling fans on the internet nowadays, and I <laughs> and I kind of I kind of don't get it sometimes. But you know, whatever you know, to each their own. You can't get on them too much, but. Really, really the focus was on not only the NWA world title but now the NWA television title and the tournament that will commence at NWA Hard Times, January 24th, 7 p.m., only on pay-per-view on Fight TV. That is fight.tv. Check that out, January 24th. And for more information, of course, go to com.
0: Absolutely. And like I said, the big five-year anniversary show – Coming up next week, a perfect guest, fitting for a T.M.P.T. Empire five-year uh, anniversary special. Hard to believe it's been that long, but uh, the music and the miles and the interviews and the conversations—it's—it's uh, it's definitely been a treat. And we will get into that on next week's show. But you are ready to strap in to listen to Tim Storm and the hard times here. So let's hit you with a little bit of T.M.P.T. business and get it on over to the former N.W.A. champion, Tim Storm.
2: And now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Razzlin Pal. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. We would love to hear your feedback. Check out the feed for awesome past episodes, including Bruno Martino, Sean Mike, Dusty Rhodes, Jerry Lawley, Terry Funk, Goldberg, Ray Mysterio Jr., Orin Anderson, Glenn Kane Jacobs, and so many more. While you're on the web, visit ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. Visit our store, visit JJ Dillon's store, Francine's store, and of course, the franchise Shane Douglas' store. For all you Android users out there, find us on Google Play and Player FM. For all you iOS users, check us out on TuneIn Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Automatic, and now Stitcher. And of course, check out the Empire yes that is the TMPT Empire now TMPT for all the latest and greatest on the two-man power trip of wrestling and now without any further ado a former two-time NWA North American champion a former NWA world heavyweight champion He is an NWA legend. He is Tim Storm. Please enjoy. champion and of course a former NWA world heavyweight champion. He is a NWA legend. He is Tim Storm. Tim Storm, welcome to the two man power trip of wrestling.
1: Man, thank you very much. That I don't know if I can live up to that intro though. I don't I don't <laughs> know about the legend part. Uh man, I am fortunate and humbled to be a part of the NWA and you know, the things that uh I've been happy to be a part of are. You know, they're kind of what make me who I am uh, as far as wrestling. I love the NWA. And to to hear you say that, man, sounds sounds almost as good as living it. So thank you very much for having me.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, huge pay-per-view coming up January 24th, hard times, NWA hard times. Obviously, you know, the official pay-per-view live stream you get on Fight TV. But tell us a little bit about hard times and the journey to hard times.
1: Well, you know, it's been for me. It's been I don't know a three-year journey uh, to get to get to this point. I Held the NWA World Title for uh, it's over, I think it was over 400 days, uh, and somewhere in the midst of that, William Patrick Corrigan and Dave, you know, bought purchased the NWA, and you know, my position at that point, uh, I was what a 53-year-old world champion who. You know, the, the, the company had been purchased by somebody different, and I didn't know which direction they were going to go. Um, I always try to try to handle my, my, my wrestling and my life professionally, and I was kind of prepared for whichever direction it went. But, man, it exceeded any expectation I could have ever set. Um, you know, the beginning of that was the 10 Pounds of Gold Series, and, you know, that, that in itself was a journey to get to. Um, you know, we did what... Uh, the 70th, 70th anniversary show, the Crockett Cup, a pop up show, and now we're at NWA Power. And I'm sorry, Power, and <laughs> it, you know, it, it the the journey has been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, coming up, what three weeks on Hard Times, and I, I'm being completely honest. This is not me. You know, it, it's just it's just an honor to be a part of it. Uh, I'm excited about it. <laughs> And I'm I kinda consider myself I don't have a, a fantastic memory, but I, I love the history of wrestling. And you know, just the name itself gets me excited. Hard you know, the name the NWA Hard Times promo is one of the best promos I think in the history of wrestling. Um so I'm just you know, I'm excited to see where it goes.
2: So cool kind of to not only have that name, which obviously is tied into a lot of Dusty roads, obviously tied into a new Billy Corgan song, Hard Times, it kind of all goes together. Right. But it is, it is really kind of cool also to bring back the NWA television title. Just talk a little bit about kind of what that means to you and what that means to the upcoming really pushing a brand
1: forward. Well, you know, I think there's been a lot, of, there's been discussion on social media about whether it was a good thing or a bad thing, you know, there are too many titles or there are enough titles, but that NWA TV title, um, and I said this on a promo. it was the workhorse you know whoever whoever carried that title and it was some of the some of the biggest names carried it was the workhorse of the promotion. You knew that they were going to be you know on the t v program defending the title on a regular basis. that person had to be a fantastic technician in the ring they had to you know had to be a good promo guy um I think it has added and and you know I'm sure that you know. Mr. Corrigan and Mr. Lagana knew going into that exactly where they were heading. But, you know, to be honest, when they introduced that, uh, in, in a lot of cases, when I see the finished product for the TV taping for that episode, it's the first time I've seen it just like anybody else. So, you know, when they pulled that, uh, I think was that on, that was on the pay-per-view I think that they introduced it. I can't remember if it was that or the next episode when they pulled that out, I was ex- ex- excited as everybody else. Um, you know, to see where it was going to go and what was what was my role, or do I have a role in that? And you know, going forward, I don't know what my role is going to be. You know, I know that I I know that I won the first round matchup. Uh, I know that we're gonna we're gonna crown the first NWA TV champion, and uh, somebody's gonna have the honor of representing that and wearing that beautiful belt. And you know, I hope it's me. You know, I hope I get that. I hope I get that chance. It's so cool with you because. You
2: know, like you mentioned before, like oh, you don't know where you're going to be. You don't know your role. You don't know what you're going to do. You're a little bit older. You said 53 years old, or you know, you know what I mean. You're it's this is isn't necessarily a 30 year old Tim Storm. You know, you you don't kind of know the direction. You don't know what the future holds. But one thing that really is coming to light lately is one of the best promos in wrestling. I mean, that's crazy to say <laughs> and crazy thing, right? In your mind, like ah, oh, could be, but it's true. It's such an old school baby face, but it got over huge. And to me, when I'm watching his promos, um, I, I, you know, I try to study it. I try, try to really follow like, okay, this, this guy's good promo, you know, this guy, he's struggling, but you are nailing it out of the park. What is kind of, has been your secret lately? Because sometimes it really, you know, it hits home a lot of this stuff you say.
1: Well, you know, okay. And, and just, I'm, I'm going to be completely transparent. It's, it's probably a bigger surprise to me than it is anybody else. Um, I'm pretty much the, the person you see for you know ninety eight percent that's just me that's who i am that's how I talk most of the time um, that's how I have been cutting promos for twenty something years and at least in my opinion i don't you know I'm sure there are some that weren't weren't great but as I see this start develop uh start to develop i i'm as i'm I'm as surprised that, that people have caught it it's like the whole mama storm thing when i went out and i and i said that and i and i don't mean this in a bad way but that was just that was a a line that i thought it you know i thought as i was doing it and it it's true i'm i am you know my mom just turned 95 i'm the youngest of what was originally four kids and i am a mama's boy and i made the comment that i'm mama storm's baby boy and it's absolutely true and i just I if, if i've gone back and i've watched that promo when i say it i don't even hesitate because i didn't think there was going to be a reaction so for it to for it to connect with people and for people to like that and for you know now there's a t-shirt and a pin and you know posters and and I never ever saw that happening and I think you know you go back in wrestling history some of the great promos and lines that have become you know big in wrestling were the exact same way. Um, when I go out, I've, I've told Dave this. When I when I go out and cut a promo, it's you know I don't I don't put well one of. One of Dusty's famous quotes from a book that I read said that you you don't practice a promo uh, over and over and over. You keep it in your head because you lose the passion if you if you make it you know a repetitive thing. So you know I have thoughts when I can't sleep and when I can't sleep at night. I'm having thoughts about you know okay well you know this would make a good promo or I should talk about this. But uh, truthfully, 99.9% of everything I say is true to life and it's it's what my heart is telling me and it's, it's stuff that's happened. And, um, you know, I, as, as most people know, I'm a school teacher. Um, so (laughs) speaking and talking daily, six, you know, six out of seven classes every day. That's what I do is I talk. So I'm comfortable talking, but man, you know, when I read that about best promo or, you know, promo of the, of the year, those things just surprise me because I really am just going out there and And I won't say I don't have a clue of what I'm going to say, but I haven't rehearsed it. And it's in my head, and I just kind of speak my heart. And the fact that it connects with people, like you said, I think, um, I think people have commented that it's it's an old school type promo. I think that's because I'm an old school guy. You know, I I didn't start wrestling till I was 30 plus. You know, a little over 30. I'm actually 55 now. Um, You know, so it's what everything in me. I am an old school guy, the way I work in the ring, the way I think, the way I approach the business. You know, I like old school wrestling. It doesn't mean I can't do, you know, more the the current style. I'm fortunate that I've kind of trained almost twice, once under the the most old school conditions you can imagine. And two or three years later, I kind of started again with somebody who was all about Japanese wrestling and Lucha Libre wrestling. So So I've done a little bit of both. And I think I can, you know, I could work either style, but I also know which one my body lets me do now. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad, I'm, I'm I'm so thankful it connects with people. I didn't go out there and, and have a plan and say, here's what I'm going to say, and this is really going to connect. It's as, it's as big a surprise to me as it is to anybody else.
2: Definitely some of the best promos in wrestling, for sure. The Promos of the year, I've, I've read online, I've seen people say that about a bunch of the, a couple of, of your promos. And I just love how, you connect with the people that are getting into promo. There's no BS. You're being dead serious, but then, you know, the voice raises, it's not something where you're yelling and screaming the whole time, maybe at the end to make a point to Nick Alder, there's something you are yelling and screaming. But the first part of the promo, you're very serious, very true to life. It's somewhat emotional. And you could tell, you're not like it's not scripted, you can totally tell it's coming from the heart. Is that you think like the best secret? I know you said not practicing, but is the best secret not having someone else tell you what to say for your promo? You have to say it yourself.
1: It, I know it benefits me, um, and I know over the years, you know, I'm a wrestling fan. I don't, I don't, so like I watch, I, I watch, like I know this is not shocked anybody. I watch more old school wrestling than I do anything else, and now that's kind of been a knock on other promotions is the rest is the promos are, uh, are you know written out for you or, you know, I, but here's, here's the way it works at the NWA. And, and, you know, I I think going into the very first promo that, that I did was, um, is the, was the mama storm one. And I basically was told beforehand you're, you know, you're going to have a minute or minute and a half on, uh, you know, at, at the podium before your match with Nick, um, have, you know, be ready. And, And my exact response was, okay. No problem. I can a minute and a half. I can do. That's easy. I was a little concerned because I had, you know, I had some things I wanted to say because that was a big moment for me, and I was a little concerned that a minute and a half wasn't going to be enough, and that I could, that I could get the message that I wanted. And as I was going through the curtains, uh, Billy actually came over and he goes, "Don't worry about the minute and a half. Go out there, cut your, you know, tell them what you want, what you what you want to tell them, and we'll take care of it." And I just completely relaxed because now I don't have to rush. I can do what I want to do. And I guess they can edit it any way they want. They didn't, but, you know, they could have edited it any way they want. And so that really works for me. Um, And to be honest, the speech that all talent got before the first TV taping was, you know, we're looking for guys that have personality and have promos and and have the ability to, uh, you know, to talk. And we're going to give you the opportunity. You take whatever chance you want to take, and it's sink or swim. You know, you go out there and you do your thing, and it either connects or it doesn't connect. Um, I don't know, man. I just like I said, there's nobody nobody more surprised that, that this is, that people love it as much as they do than me, because I'm just going out there and being me. I will credit. You know, I've had. I don't want to go on a rant here, but I think one of the things that's missing and missing for young wrestlers today is, you know, in the territories. You were on the road a lot and you rode with guys that were experienced. And you were told keep your mouth shut and your ears open and listen. And I was very fortunate to to be around a lot of really, really talented people that passed information down. And I I had uh what I consider one of the best promo men ever uh pull me off to the side one time and, and kind of invested in me and and <laughs> and I, I, I can I kinda I kinda smile because when I am when I think about it, I hear his voice, not in my promos, but in his promos. And you know Jake Roberts was the master at talking very, very low, very even. And if he wanted to make a point, like you said, his voice would raise, and he would, you know, he would say whatever he was saying. But he pulled me aside after a promo that we were doing for for a local TV thing, and he goes, "Let me just make some pointers." And you, when when that prom when that guy talks about promos, you get quiet and listen. And I, you know, I think I have benefited from that. Yeah,
2: big time. It definitely is very Jake Roberts-like, very reminiscent. He wasn't, a, you know, like an ultimate warrior or somebody who's just completely over the top and going to be yelling and screaming. Or even Flair, you know, where he's going to get maybe comical or get crazy. Right. It's going to be very serious and very true to life and very, you know, matter of fact. But, but when he's angry, you know he's angry and you know he means business. And you better be listening to every word he
1: says. Well, it's, I, you know, I listen to my, like when I, Again, I don't see this stuff. I don't see how how it turns out. I don't, you know. I can feel it when I'm out there, but uh, when it when it airs, that's when I see it. And you know, I never. Then I'm I'm really interested to see how people respond. You know, because I don't. I really. I had no idea the connection there. I, I was just I, so I start looking and I'll check. You know, the, the three or four different social medias and just see what the, the response is. You know, interestingly, I got interestingly, I got a response tonight. And I, I just I don't respond to most because I think wrestling, whether it's in the ring or promos, you basically I, and I've used this term, this before, you know, it's kind of like flavors of ice cream. I'm, you know, I may not be everybody's flavor of ice cream, and I get that. Um, everybody has a right to their opinion, so I'm always interested to see. And I had somebody to tell me that, and I'm not, I won't use the language they did, but they, I guess, they're basing it on this last promo. But they told me that I was disrespectful to women um which i don't and all i can think of that they're getting that from is that i got mad when i got the taste knocked out of my mouth uh on the last show mm-hmm. you know but i did but again and know you'll probably hear this because this is one that, I, that i've been thinking about is you know my mom raised me to be respectful of women and you know i don't i can't think of any situation that would warrant being physical like that uh for the female, so you know. Anyway, I just it's. I love reading the responses. I don't because everybody has a right to their opinion. I just don't respond, you know, one way or another. Uh, I'm I'm just I'm glad if they like them. I'm glad if people respond respond to it. And so far, everybody's been really positive.
2: I guess because you were furious that Camille a uh, hundred miles an hour. Is- Two feet away from you, smacked you the, right in the face. Maybe that's, I guess, what they're alluding to. But obviously, you didn't do anything. You were just furious about it because she smacked you in the face, and you know she's not a you know a little petite girl. She's a, you know has some power behind that smack. I've,
1: I've been hit harder. I really can't remember when.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: she there was some uh, there was some steam behind that. So yeah, it uh, definitely got my attention. Oh man, good
2: stuff though. And and with Nick Aldis. I feel like a lot of shows you could say, you know, oh, man, oh, it's focused on the wrestling. For me, I always like to f- focus on the promos. and studio wrestling specifically, you really, like you mentioned, sick or swim your promos. You're out there, and there's no kind of fanfare, really, you know, you're, the stage is behind you, the microphone is in front of you. you got to be able to, to talk, and you got to be able to connect with the fans and really connect with the people at home. So I feel like you and Nick Aldis, Nail those promos. Some guys maybe not, and you could see maybe they don't kind of have great things. But NWA for the most part, and uh, Eli Drake, a couple other guys, have really, really done well with promos. And I feel like that is something that's really important to me, but also to a lot of wrestling fans that you have to be able to talk. Right. You know,
1: it's it's kind of like being what you know, baseball player where they say it's a you know three tool athlete or you know player. What I think you do, I think you I think there's all different aspects to it. I. I think you need to look like a wrestler. I think you need to handle your stuff professionally. And uh, you know, obviously, you want to have good matches. You have to be able. You have to be able to talk. Um, man, our our the talent roster for the NWA. I sit I sit back there sometimes and I look around and and I'm, I'm just there is a ton of talent back there, and, you know, I I I sent a message the other day too. Well, doesn't matter who, but I sent a message the other day basically saying that one of the things that I find the most rewarding is to see how many different levels different people, different characters that fans connect with. Because some people will pick wrestler A, and that's the, the best wrestler in the world. And they'll say this, you know, and, but there's so many incredibly talented men and women in the back um, that are passionate about the NWA, and that's important to me. Because that whole thing about how much I love the NWA, that's, that is straight truth. Um, I grew up watching the NWA and believing that was the best wrestling in the world. And there was a time when I felt like it was me and just a handful of other guys, and you know, that were holding the torch for the NWA. And now I look around and I see—I don't even know what the number is, because I, I know there have been times. I think on that first episode, I think we got up to a to over a half a million views. Um, you know, not just that studio full of people, but the messages I get from Spain and France and Germany and you know, all all over the world, Australia that loved that product. It really, it's like it makes my heart happy because I, I believe in the NWA. I believe in what uh, what Billy's doing and what you know, what Dave is promoting, what our what Nick and I have have started with. I believed in that from the beginning, and to see it starting to develop and and, and gain momentum, it, it man, it's it's exciting to be a part of.
2: Very very cool, and he's definitely in a slow. Burn building it up. It hasn't just been oh, let's throw shows, like you mentioned for 70th anniversary, Crockett Cup pop up event. Is that kind of the smart way to do it? Let's not go crazy. You know, let's not just you know go out balls to the wall and and maybe it fall on our face. Let's build it up nice and slow. Do it right. Like you know, be a part of the studio show, the GPB studios in Atlanta. Do you think that it, so far so good as far as the progression of the NBA?
1: Absolutely. Uh, you know one of the things that I think a lot of people kind of snickered at when uh, when Billy first bought the NWA, they made the statement that he had a 20-year plan. And a lot of people laughed at that thought, okay, that's ridiculous. But you, you've seen this, and I think we all have. Anybody who's watched wrestling has seen, uh, especially people who had or, or promotions that had potential and then just kind of died off, is they come out, they spend tons of money, they have a huge one or two shows. Uh, they get somebody who has invested a lot of money. They spend that money on the first two or three shows, and they disappear. And it ha- it's happened over and over and over. And it's kind of hurt the business. No, not kind of. It has hurt the business because you have less and less people wanting to invest um, in you know in the long in a long term wrestling program or promotion. And and what they have what they're doing is exactly what they said. They, you know they have a twenty year plan with a slow rollout. Uh, I think they always want to overdeliver whatever the expectation is, and you know, like you said, I mean, if you look at what's happening now, um, and I've it, to me, I've, as I've watched this, I think it's exceeded expectations on every level, and I think that I, I would guess that we're ahead of the whatever they had planned. We're ahead of that already, uh, and it seems like it's always been that way. So, you know, I, I just, I just want, I just credit Billy, Dave. Nick's involvement, you know, all the different people that they've chosen and they've chosen chosen their, you know, the people that are they're that involved in all the different levels really carefully because of their skill sets. But you have to credit them and say they're whatever they're doing, their plan, the way they're putting this together, in my opinion at least it's absolutely working.
2: Do you think Atlanta, great spot, perfect spot to be filming the studio show?
1: Oh, you know, I, from a from a historical standpoint. Um you know, six oh five Saturdays the Superstation from Atlanta, Georgia. And and to me, uh, you know, I grew up in – I grew up kind of in central Arkansas, so I got wrestling on Saturdays as a, as, a, as a kid, as a teenager, on three different times a day. I got Memphis wrestling in the morning. I got Atlanta in the afternoon, and I got Sportatorium at night. And I, I pretty much planned my days around those. You know, I didn't – I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, I wasn't a cartoon guy, but in the morning I knew what I was watching. In the afternoon I knew I was watching – so to to look at it now, and I'll I'll be honest, the first time I walked in in those studios, uh, knowing you know that we were basically in on the home field of the NWA that I watched growing up, it gave me it gave me butterflies. Uh, you know I was flying, and I really thought okay, well I'm just I'm just kind of weird because that's you know that's just me with my wrestling history and my, but it it was fun to watch. All the faces of the people that walked in there that are professionals, and some have been in the business for a really long time and have had success other places. But to watch them walk in and see the set design, see those see those letters on the ring, uh, see the logo on on the state of Georgia, it it was every man, every woman that walked in there. To me, at least, it seemed like we all shared the same passion. We all shared you know shared that same almost nostalgic we're not just seeing, we're not just seeing history. We're making history again. And man, it's, 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 it's the perfect place to be. Very cool.
2: And obviously Billy must be an old school fan as well to kind of get that old school vibe and that old school feeling, right? He's definitely a hundred percent an old school wrestling. fan. Am,
1: absolutely. And he's, I mean, he, he's hands on in every aspect. And if you go back and, and I don't, you know, a lot of people out there have way more knowledge of this than, than I do, but you know, with the, with what he went through and endured with an, another wrestling promotion, to have the passion and the love for professional wrestling, to continue, move forward, invest again, put this much time and effort into something. It's pure love. Um, you know, I, I think everybody out there, he's a, he's a gifted artist, and you know, way above and beyond this. But to have this kind of love for professional wrestling and this much love for, I mean, you can see everything that's done. Like, I, I remember watching the first episode the background of the introduction with the stars coming forward, my eyes just lit up because that's old school, and you know that's that's wrestling to me. So yeah, he's absolutely a an old school uh, fan and a you know aficionado, and he knows exactly where he wants to go with it. Um, you know, like I said, he and he and Dave are very hands on on everything, writing, producing, directing the whole bit.
2: So the big star. Of the NWA, obviously, the NWA world champion, the NWA right. world champion for a very long time, over a year, Nick Aldis. Right. He is the flagship. He is the quote-unquote franchise of the NWA right now. What are your thoughts on him and him kind of carrying the torch? Good job, bad job, excellent job. What are, you know, what are your thoughts on Nick?
1: Fantastic job. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to rant, rave too much about him because, um, you know, we're, we're a little bit at odds right now. Uh, Programming-wise, as far as you know where we're at on our on our uh, on our TV stuff, but I know that um, they picked the right guy, and you know I there there was in my mind at least on, on the purchase, though in my mind at least there was a good chance that they were going to bring in somebody that they were familiar with and comfortable with, and I would probably. Uh, you know, there'd be a title change pretty quickly and I'm out at 53 years old and, um, they actually, you know, went just the opposite direction. Nick, Nick, he really is the complete package. And look, if you look at, look at what he's done. Um, and I don't mean his history. I mean, his NWA run. He's every, he is surprisingly big for anybody who's never, who's never been around him. I'm a big guy. Uh, I'm, I'm probably, probably not six, three anymore as, as I continue to get older, but you know, six three, two hundred fifty 250 pounds. And Nick has got probably two inches on me in height and weighs about the same. He is, he's got the British background as far as technical wrestling. You know, one of his, one of his setups to his finish is going off the top ropes. You don't see a lot of guys at six, five hit that elbow like he does. Um, his conditioning is phenomenal and and look at what he's done on the promos because he's carried he's carried this the, the promotion he's been the 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 you know the face of the franchise he's he's had the title twice and he's worked both sides you know which is basically to me what an nwa world champion does you do whatever you have to do on any given night to continue to be to be that champion he 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 got rave reviews walking out there for the first Ten episodes of everybody cheering him. Well, now he's flipped it, and he almost couldn't cut the promo the other night because they wouldn't stop booing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know he. That was great. Yep. Yeah, he's working. He can work. He's working both sides, and doing a fantastic job of it. He's man. I got to stop raving because at some point I I need to punch him in the mouth to (laughs) to to, you know to try to get some of this back. As far as uh, you know, this last match that we didn't have, but you know he's intelligent. He's well spoken. you know, he, I hate well be sarcastic. He doesn't dress bad. You know, the guy owns the he owns owns the corner on um, vests and suits, and you know, but he raises the bar for everybody. Um, he do he's you know he's done he's he's doing and done and will continue to do a great job. And hey, you too, as far as promos, kind of go back to that
2: the back and forth between you guys is great that, you know, if if you guys are on two different segments and those are promo segments, you know that they're going to be great and going to knock them out of the park. And then when you guys interact together, great chemistry between you guys.
1: And and I think, you know, I I think we feel that too sometimes. Um, in most cases <laughs> we're, we're going out there and it's, it's just, we're just going, you know, we don't rehearse, we don't do anything, uh, Sometimes I have to kind of, as you know, as as the face, I've got to kind of throttle it back and make sure that you know. But man, it you know he's hard to he's hard to top um, on a promo. So when we're when we're interacting and we're going back and forth, uh, you know, I I won't say all of that is true emotion all the time, but all of that is pure interaction with very with very little knowing what we're going to do or what we're going to say, and you know, I definitely feel the chemistry when we're doing that.
2: When he refers to you, he you know, not really saying it's you, but he's referring to you as Randy the Ram and
1: saying <laughs> saying
2: stuff like that. Like what's your reaction? Like, damn Nick, you're you're going there, what what the hell? Oh
1: man, I don't want to get behind the curtain too much. He almost got me on that one, I'm not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> uh, he pulled the I told Nick about four five, six months ago that, uh, man, I don't, I don't know how much this, it's not bad at all, but it's just really getting behind like my personal, I had some students that thought it was really funny last year. They wouldn't, they wouldn't do it where I could see them or, or see who was saying it, but they used that. They would say muscle neck. And I told Nick about that. And dang it. If he didn't pull that on a promo on, on TV and I, that one didn't get me, you know, we had joked about that a little bit, but the Randy, the Ram almost broke me. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah I, I, you know I'm trying to I'm I'm locked in and I'm intensity and he pulled that one and I really just want to go wow you suck because that was good and and you know the the frustrating thing about how this stuff works is I know I'm not getting the mic back that night so I can't respond and I can't say anything I just got to sit there and, and chew on it and you know uh, yeah that was good I'm not going to lie that was a good one he scored points on that one yeah,
2: have uh, Muscle Neck, Randy DeRam, those are yeah, those are good. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He uh, he's, he's very awesome. quick-witted.
1: He he is an incredibly intelligent person uh, all the way around. Um yeah, he's uh he's money on the mic, he's money in the ring and uh you know, like I said, sometimes you got to sit back and and I hate to say tip the hat because you know, I I think give me the mic back and we'll see what happens, but I know I'm not getting the mic back. So I can just sit there and and kind of simmer a little bit and think and say, okay, you know, I can think a lot of things, but I'm not going to have a chance to – he's going to win this round because I don't know how they can't respond. Absolutely. And
2: obviously a big part of NWA Power Every Week, whether you're really wrestling or not, has been – your feud with him and this big feud. Obviously, the first episode, he beats you, and he you get, he gives you an NWA title shot. He beats you. You're never allowed to challenge for the NWA title again. Is that one of those things where it's like, wow, this is a pretty intense storyline because the stakes are insanely high. I mean, this, the NWA World Title is what you want, what you aspire to be. No longer can you have a shot at it.
1: Well, and and the emotion of that is real for me. Yeah, you know the 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 highest point. You know, somebody asked me the other day if if the if what was going on now, right now was the highlight of my wrestling career, and truthfully, having that NWA World Title was the highlight of my career. Um, so being in the ring and losing that match, you know that that is real emotion for me, because to to sit there and think, if and I'm you know a, a promo that I cut what three years ago was that that was my mountaintop, and again, that's real. I know, that, I know for me there is nothing higher, and I've had people say, oh, you know, if so-and-so called. No, there is nothing higher for me than to know that my my name got put on a list with Harley Race, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, and you know the list. I mean, it's, it is literally a who's who of professional wrestling. To know that I, I did that was my high point. Well, now I'm basically sitting in the ring knowing I will never have another opportunity, and that's real for me. You know, uh, that that doesn't get any more emotional. It doesn't hit any closer to home because if that's my mountaintop, that means I'm never going to get there again. And for them to do that
2: on the first episode, it really kind of set the pace for the show. Like, wow, okay, NWA world title shot, first show. Wow, what stakes? Now he can never get the title shot again. But they kind of interweave you and him. Arguing a lot, fighting a lot, and even recently, he's supposed to wrestle you in the first round of the NWA TV title tournament. He pulls out of the match. You beat uh, Royce Isaacs, but it's one of those things. Again, they kind of tease. You're almost gonna get to that mountaintop. You're gonna face the champion. Nope, they pull it out from under you again. Pretty uh, clever and pretty good storytelling that they're interweaving all the way from episode one till you know the current episode. Right, and
1: and I, again, a lot of people will hear me say this and not believe it. I have no clue where this is going. You know, in, in that nobody has laid out a plan for me and said, Okay, here's what we're looking at. I have no clue. Um, I don't know I don't have a clue what I'm doing on the pay per view when I show up right now. I have nothing. I don't know who my next round opponent is. Um no, I don't this it's all new to me. So again and I and I you know, I function better that way because apparently I guess my real emotion comes through. So I guess when I, when I show up and, and here's the match, okay, that's real emotion. You know, if I win, that's real emotion because I'm moving forward in something that I believe in. If I if I lose, that's real emotion. <laughs> so, you know, it's working, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I have no master plan. I know that I'm going to show up and whoever my opponent is, I, you know, I'm going to have to try to have a good match and hopefully I'll come out on top and we'll see what happens next. Um, uh, I don't know. I saw, I saw a poster the other day. One of the first posters that came out for the pay-per-view was Nick and I and Camille. And I was like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, that's I don't have a clue what that means. So, you know, we'll see.
2: Yeah. And if you actually look for the fight TV and everything they promoted with that's the, the poster that they used, that just that one that they've been using. So, and with the TV title kind of in the background, Right, with with you guys more in, in the foreground. So I don't know what they're teasing there, or what they're throwing out there, but it's very interesting that uh, you know you made the poster, which is very very cool, which <laughs> means that they have a lot invested in you.
1: Well, I think <clears throat> you know they've they've they have been pretty upfront with me as far as you know. I don't think maybe they had the foresight when they did it. Um, you know, one of my he's not currently working with the NWA, but one of the guys who had a lot to do with me. Getting that first uh, shot at the title and, and getting to that point is a guy named James Beard who has been in wrestling for almost forty years. He is Legendary a referee. referee, yeah. yeah. And yep. James is one of my travel partners. And at, when all this started happening, you know, he and I talked about it a lot. Uh, but you know, he laid out a plan that he would how he would do, it. and they kind of, they didn't he didn't tell anybody, but they kind of followed the same plan. So as it sits right now. You know, as we move move forward, I'm I don't know. You know, it's uh I, I would love I I would love to win that TV title. But here's what they have told me. They said, you know, James. And my point was James. James said, I think you're the perfect guy. Whether they know it or not, this is before any of this happened. You're the perfect guy to kind of bridge that gap between old school and the new NWA and you know they've come to me and said we we really you know you could have handled this a lot of different ways we appreciate exactly what you've done we recognize you know how much how much you've been a part of this um and that's that's nice to hear you know it's nice to know because you know it it means a ton to me and again i said this at 53 with the 10 pounds of gold um you know the first 10 episodes were basically following how I got there, where I came from, who I was. Nick and I's kind of Nick and I's, uh, you know, as as we started to have our confrontation, and until where he beat me, and you know, I I look at that, and and he was right. You know, it did work out really well, uh, as as the guy who made the transition. But I said at that point, at fifty, it's not many fifty-three-year-old wrestlers who are probably getting the most, you know, their personal. Highest level of media attention at 53. Well, here now we turn around two years later at 55 and it's kind of happening again. So, what, you know, if this is, if this, and my body can't do it forever, you know, it's, it's, I can do, I can do everything I've always been able to do in the ring. The problem is it just takes me longer to recover from it. You know, it hurts a little worse and, 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 but that's okay because I, I do, that's my choice. But if this is the last run, whatever this is, if, how many of you get to say at 50, five or almost 56 that they're at the height of their career so this is a great place to be for me however it works out
2: And that's another thing that was so cool and real in your promo you know you're not a spring chicken you admit you're not a spring chicken you know you've been around wrestling for a while but you got started late so it's one of those right. things where, yeah you know i'm in my 50s so is retirement kind of one of those things that's on your mind. I know that awesome mama storm promo that you cut. You're like, well, I don't, I don't know, but is that ever kind of like creeping into the mind retirement? When am I going to retirement? Is it something you think about often?
1: Well, okay. The, the thing about with my mom, that's completely legitimate. My mom has told me for 20 something years, I don't, how long are you going to do this? You know, death got to hurt. Can't you be a referee? You know, I mean, she's, is constant with her. She just, she doesn't, she knows that I'm I always say no mom it doesn't hurt okay it's fine you know but yeah it does and over long term it does a lot of damage um you know there's a there's a scene from well i'm drawing a blank on which one on one of the rocky movies where he's getting his i think it's the last one where he was in the ring but they're kind of going over there's a there's a pretty famous scene and they're going over his training how he's going to prepare for this fight and he goes let's be honest your knees are bad you can't run anymore you know you're And for me, okay, well, my knee's hurt. I can't turn my head anymore. I mean, there's all these things, but I still have things I can do well, and and I've kind of narrowed it down because I hear the things I can do well. I need to focus on those. I'm big. uh, I'm still fairly athletic. You know, I can still move. I can be extremely physical. That's kind of been my benchmark, and that's what I'll always do. To answer your question, here's the answer. Um, I'm never going to retire. Now, that doesn't mean I'll continue wrestling because i one of my one of my things is is I don't want to be one of those guys that retires and then comes back for one match and then retires and comes back for a match. that's not if i if I ever said I was done, I was gonna be I'm gonna be done. so I'm just not gonna say I'm done. Um, I would like to you know at some point in the future it wouldn't hurt me to wouldn't hurt my feelings as long as I'm involved with the business somehow because I'm passionate about the business and and ideally, that would be with the company that I'm most passionate about that's the n w a. So there are other avenues, but at this point, I you know I don't know how much longer I can keep going. Uh I never want to be that guy who's in the ring and everybody's going, "Okay, he's just collected a check." You know, I I that's never going to be me. But I'm not there yet. You know, uh I I can still do what I want to do when I want to do it. Now it may take me 3 days to, you know, to be able to walk right again, but I'm okay with that. You know, that's that's a that's a price I'm willing to pay. And
2: that promo is so great. Obviously, you know, then you're mentioning your mom and then you're mentioning your father. A lot of, uh, you know, I keep going back to promo and stuff, but very kind of true to life, real stuff. And I think that's another reason, and we've mentioned before, how you're connecting. People see that you're talking about real life issues and stuff. I mean, that's right. like yeah, deep, deep stuff.
1: Well, and it's, <laughs> Billy told me on, after that one, he goes, I don't know where the guy back here stops and the guy out there starts. You know, he said, "I don't know where that line is." And I said, "Me either." You know, huh, because well, because everything I say out there, you know, like again, I, you know, there's a, there's a gift to storytelling, but ninety nine point nine percent of everything I say is true. You know, it's just, and and maybe that's why people like it and connect. I don't know, but it's uh, it's just me telling. You know, I I saw something the other day that said something about. <clears throat> it was talking about something totally different, but. Uh, that the thing that appeals to people is being raw and being real. Oh, it was a meme. That's what it was. It said, it says, be raw, be real, be open because there's too many fakes in this world. Well, I don't have to fake anything at this point. Right. I mean, I'm just laying my heart out there and I'm saying, here's who I am. Here's where I come from. And uh, I appreciate it. I mean, it it, it makes me feel good that that it connects with people. But when I say it, I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's going to connect or not. I told, I told Dave after, uh we had our press conference before the first show, uh before Nick and I's match and I, you know, I did my little thing for the press conference. He goes, Good job and I went, eh he goes, What do you mean? Eh, that was good. And I went, No. When I when I am talking and I know that it's going well, it's almost like I can hear a tuning fork. You know, that hum of a tuning fork. I know that I know that I'm zoned in and I know that my heart is spilling out. And I also know when I miss it. You know so so far, so good. Um, I'm just gonna keep do. I'm just gonna keep being me, because so far that's working. You know, I don't. I I don't know what I don't know what the next promo is gonna be. Cause I, to be honest with you, you know, I don't. The last one everybody loves so much. How do you? How do I do better than that? So I'm not gonna try to do better. I'm just gonna go out there and keep being me, whatever that means.
2: Is Dusty a big influence on those promos? Obviously, mean, you quoted him and one of his great <laughs> promos. But is he kind of like your big influence? Because he was one of those guys. He would kind of, you know, talk seriously. He was more, you know, kind of verbose and, and a little bit right. louder, and would kind of maybe yell a little bit more. But is he kind of the guy who, who because he tried to get real and passionate and emotional and talk about real issues as well? Absolutely.
1: Um, you know, I don't. It's funny because now. As I meet and see and have become friends with and have worked multiple matches with a, with most of the people that I grew up watching that that has become it's gone beyond at one point it was like, okay, this is unreal now it's just like normal, right It's just okay, well, this happens all the time now they're my friends they're you know but the strange thing is they're not much older than I am. you know it's just that I started so late, like when I was watching them, they were young. And I didn't realize that they were they were world class athletes, fantastic wrestlers. Now I look and I go, okay, he's two years older than me, he's three years older than me, right? So I mean, we're now we're kind of I'm not on their level. i never probably never will be, but they're they're contemporaries now. You know, they're people that I work with and, and enjoy being around. Uh, the point of that was when I was in this, you know, eighth, ninth, tenth, whatever grade, I knew every Dusty Dusty Rhodes promo by heart. You know, uh, it was it was part of what I like to do a big influence with him, big influence with Harley race. Um, you know, I mean, there, there are, I think all of us are influenced by other people and because of, well, I hate even saying it this way, but because of my age, you know, I'm influenced by, by people who a lot of current young wrestlers, while they've gone back and watched, but they weren't exposed to them on a regular basis. Uh, you know, when I said, when I said mama storms, baby boy, that was Dusty influenced, you know. When I when I said the absolute truth, which I may be a little bit old, I may be a little bit broke down. That's absolutely Dusty influenced, you know. It's uh, I think he's one of the best promos ever. Cares to know that about it. He absolutely is.
2: And what I find interesting is this is 2020 now, and getting into it. Completely different era of wrestling. Everything seems to change. Everything is different, but old school is coming back. Nostalgia, a little bit, of course, but old school is going to come back. But can you believe a guy like yourself cutting those babyface promos, those '80 style, like you said, '1980 style promos? It's getting over as much as it is in I, 2020.
1: I, I honestly never saw it coming. And I'm, again, I'm not being overly humble. I'm not. I'm being honest. Um, I'm going up there, and I'm cutting my promo and i could have i guess i could have cut the first one and there could have been no response and there might not have been a second or a third one or a fourth one or whatever it is you know i if the if the if the people who matter the people who are listening if, if they don't like it then then i'm not doing my job and there's no connection um you know again go back to james beer james and i do occasionally we'll do a clinic, you know, where we'll we'll talk about the basics of wrestling or, or something like that. And our what we preach, because you know, we're trying to pass on some of the things that we've got, what we preach is there's a reason why old school still works. And I don't mean promos, just promos. I mean wrestling. It's always worked. It's always connected. Um it's just you know I, I now it's coming across as a, a completely different it's different than anything out there. But all that I'm doing, at least, is what I've always done and what I've always believed in. Um, kind of the same thing with the promos. I don't, you know, I've done a lot of promos in 20 whatever years, 24, 25 years. Uh, I've done some good ones and I've done some stinkers. You know, it, you just go out there and you do you do your thing, and sometimes it connects. And but I'm basically the same person I was. You know, obviously there's a learning curve, but I'm the same person I have been for the last 10, 12, 15 years in wrestling. Uh, doing a lot of the same things that I've done, and I'm just I'm just so fortunate that that people like what I'm doing. I hope it keeps going. You know, at some point, uh, at some point, maybe it won't won't connect anymore. But as long as it connects, I'm going to keep keep going, and every you know every time they give me an opportunity, I'll go out there and do the best I can, and I'll speak from my heart. And as long as people are responding, you know, I, we'll just keep going.
2: I just want to rewind back a few years. Before power was even, you know, thought of as uh, a right. conception, but Jack Dane is the NWA World Champion, kind of right. a dominant one. Yep. You end up beating him. I believe it was on an NWA uh, Texoma when that, when that was going on wrestling show, and you win the NWA World Title. I believe Bruce Starr. This is in the Bruce Starr era of the NWA, correct? correct? Correct. Yeah. So what you know? What is the thoughts and feelings at, at this point as, as you're about to win? the NWA world title, then you win the NWA world title. What, you know, like I know it's obviously was your goal. It's the pinnacle. You said it's the mount up. Well, what are your thoughts on this point? Because this isn't when Billy Corgan is in control. This is kind of when the NWA is trying to start to develop themselves again. They, they made a name for themselves mm-hmm. because Bruce brought them to New Japan and, you know, right. and, and, and Kojima and Tenzan uh, were a part of the, the title scene and stuff. But what were your thoughts on, at that point, like, wow, can we do something here? Can we recreate the NWA? Now, what are your thoughts at that point as you're beating Jack Stane?
1: Well, I mean, I, when I got involved, uh, the first true NWA match, I think I told this the other day differently, but you know, I went when I was probably in my second or third year uh, in the business, somebody said, hey, you want to go up and do this NWA show? Now, it turns out it was just tiny little outlaw promotion up in the hills of Arkansas they they had no NWA affiliation. I was so excited to get to go work for those three letters. So when I get the opportunity, I think the first the first NWA match I had moved from Arkansas to Texas, and I wrestled for NWA Oklahoma and won the NWA Oklahoma heavyweight championship. And I was I was in heaven because I was now an NWA champion. Um, that starts developing into. You know, okay, I'm really excited about this. With with Bruce Tharp, uh, his partner again, James Beard was talent relations. When those when I got involved with with wrestling for those guys, really, I kind of dedicated myself and I said, okay, well, I'm wrestling in a lot of different places for a lot of different people, but I love those. I love that that, that those three letters. I'm gonna do everything I can to make that successful, whatever it is. Um, you mentioned Jax Jack Dane. Jax was an incredible champion. And like you said, completely dominant. And he and I had just beaten the snot out of each other three or four different times, some of the most physical matches I've ever been in. I think Las Vegas twice on you know different years. Uh Mississippi, I don't know, we and, and he had beat me three or four different times. And I don't I don't even think I had come out with a draw on any of those. Uh, when it when it came down to and and I read this afterwards somebody wrote it afterwards and I'm going to assume there's some truth in it is that there was some there was some discussion afterwards that that putting that world title on me was was going to be like the pat on the back the gold watch at the end of a career uh, you know job well done thanks for all your help kind of thing and I don't think anybody involved in including you know the, the the people who made that decision really probably ever saw it. No, there's no way they saw it getting to a, what, I Some I read it the other day, 400-something day that I held the title, um, much less developing into what we have today. And I'll tell you that on that night it was Jacks, who I consider a friend. The referee was James Beard at my home promotion, and the emotion of winning that was as real as it could possibly get. Um, now I had no clue how long I was going to hold that. I don't think any champion does necessarily, but here's the one thing I knew. I knew that my, my name was on that list with NW champions that I knew were some of the best in the world. And I, I will never put myself as equals with those guys, uh, whole, a whole different era, a whole different, you know, at least demands of wrestling. But I knew that once my name got on that list, they couldn't take it off. Um, and I had reached, and again, I had reached the mountaintop for me. And again, it could have been. And what if I held it for 30 days? I would have. It would have meant just as much to me that night as it, as, it, as holding it for 400 days. Um, I mean, I broke down in the ring, and it was incredibly emotional. And a lot of people are like, well, I don't get this. It's you know, this is just wrestling. Okay, it is. And I've got a family that means more, and I've got a job, and I've got all of those things. But you know, that moment of winning that title, it meant so much to me. It still means that much to me. Uh, I knew it wasn't going to get any better than that.
2: Such a cool thing, like you said, to say NWA world champion, right. Tim Storm. Right. It's just like a, an awesome thing. If you think about Dory Funk Jr. and Jack Briscoe, right. Harley Race, and you know, Pat O'Connor. You just think of all these guys, and just as cool to be a part of that list and, and be an NWA champion. you think when you win the title that they have like goals, aspirations, like. What like like obviously you don't have to be a champion, but what do you think at that point? what do you think is the next step? Do you even dream like okay, we're gonna bring back NWA full force or okay, we're just going to be running spot shows and and things of that nature?
1: I think it was a combination. Um, I know that there were always plans of trying to do more. Um, getting uh, how we were going to get there was always the question. You know one of the one of the highlights for me at least was you know I defended that title in Japan. Uh, which is a whole different world, you know, over there as far as the, well, at at least at that time, because now it, you know, because of the job that the that Billy and Dave and Nick have done, and and even you know Cody winning it, but all of that has elevated that to where now it it is it is getting back exactly where I dreamed it would get someday, but in Japan, uh, it is held it's 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 with reverence over there. You know, they I it was not a huge promotion over there, but I came out to the same <laughs> the same music that, that Harley Race and Rick Flair and all those guys that went over Dory and all those guys that went over defended, they used one tight one one music and that's what I came out to. And I went over there thinking, Okay, well, obviously I'm I'm fighting uh the the guy over there was a former uh sumo. He was probably close to five hundred pounds, he had MMA experience. He had he had professional wrestling experience. Well, obviously, I'm going to get booed because he's the local favorite, and you know I'm the guy coming in from. It. But all I had to be was NWA World Champion, and they fell in love. Um, you know there were there were lines outside the hotel because I wanted my autograph only because I was the NWA World Champion because it means that that much over there. And I'm not going to compare it yet, but I, I see that on the rise here you know i see what what's happening now with nwa power you know let's do our second pay-per-view i see all that i see that coming um, you know it's who knows who knows what my involvement's going to be you know going forward um, we'll see you know i I will wait anxiously and and hope and, and and continue to work hard but if 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 today was my last day uh, with the nwa promotion seeing it get to where it's right now that that it was a goal, and I don't mean for me personally to get there, but I wanted to see the NWA come back to prominence, and I preached that and I said that for two or three years, or four years, whatever it was, and to see it growing and and gaining momentum, you know, that alone, this is this is goal set, this is goal reaching for me right now, even if I weren't involved with it.
2: It's awesome like, to, to be an NWA fan and to see it kind of coming back because there's some other promotions out there that are were at one point higher stature and kind of struggling. And you see that and you kind of see NWA blossoming where maybe some other shows and some other promotions are not. So that is kind of a cool thing and, and almost different, almost shocking in, in a right. certain way that the NWA in 2020 is having success. Does that ever surprise you
1: at all? Like, wow, like what, what's old is new again. Uh, yes, surprising. Yeah, you know, in a in a really pleasant, exciting way. But you know, the way for any any guy in the business will tell you that, for the most part, you know, uh, the more opportunities there are for people in the business, uh, th- for for job opportunities, for chances to get better, to you know, places to go and places to wrestle and different places to 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 wrestle for, that's just good for business. You know, I, I don't I don't necessarily. Think of us any any promotion as in a competition uh, I want everybody to be successful you know i'm you know I'm, i I live in I live just outside of Dallas right now and the it is a blast for me and I'm, again I'm not going to start naming names, but the number of guys who wrestled independence in the state of Texas over the last three or four years that are now all over uh, every company represent you know doing great that's the way it should be. You know, guys, guys with talent should have an opportunity to go out there and and make a living doing what they like to do, especially if they're really good at it. Um, so I I am so happy and so proud that the NWA is 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 on the upswing. Um, and and you know, the, I guess the really exciting part is I really think we're just at the very beginning. I think it's going to continue to grow and it's going to continue to blossom. And you know, I, Sky, I mean, I don't want to exaggerate. Sky's the limit right now
2: who do you think is like the breakout star as far as some, some of the younger talent coming up? Would it be the question mark? Would it be Ricky Starks? You know, like who do you think is kind of some of the breakout stars of the NWA so far?
1: Well, I think that's kind of, that's kind of the cool thing. Uh, that's what I was saying earlier. If you look at, you know, I, I, as I'm reading through and seeing, you know, how, what, you know, different tweets or, or, you know, th- messages it, you know, Thunder Rosa is killing it. Uh, that's, that's a, that's a Texas lady. Um, uh, Ricky Starks, Ricky Starks, that I've been on independent shows in, in in Texas and Louisiana for the last four or five years. Um, you know, obviously the the question mark that that has, I think that maybe even surprised everybody where that came from. Uh, there are people that are just nuts about him, but go back and look, and these are young talents. But look at Eddie Kingston, Eli Drake, uh, Mister Anderson. You know, look at that locker room and look around. There are – it is – I sit there in the back and I just – you know, I, I think I told somebody this the other day, that if I were a selfish person, I would be going, look at all the talent, because what's that going to do to me? But that's not how you look at it. You look at it and go, the talent is growing every show from the NWA roster. And the more talent we have, the better our shows are going to be. Um, yeah, I mean, there are guys that – there are guys from every – level. And what I mean is it's young breakout stars. It's people who have been in the business for 25 years. It's guys who have been on top in every organization. And you can see, you can see each one of those developing. And the great thing about the writing is as you, as you see those, as they develop their characters and the storylines that each one is involved in, it, it looks to me at least like, and maybe I'm biased because I want it to be so good, but it's, it's like when I watch a show, I'm like, they knocked it out of the park. Wow. They killed that episode. Wow. He killed that promo. That was a great match. That's a great story. Look at the development of that character. And it's like show after episode after episode, match after match, segment after segment. To me, it's it's I'm I'm proud of the product that's out there. And like I said, I really think it just seems to get better every show.
2: That does seem to be a big consensus that it has been getting better. But I did want to mention this because there has been a hiccup or two and the Jim Cornette kind of controversy, I don't know what your kind of thought is, and I don't really want to get to what he said or didn't right. say or whatever, but do you think that that whole controversy, do you think that took away from the show at all and, and they kind of had a bounce back? Or do you think that you guys did in the NWA did a good job of just kind of taking it in stride and kind of moving along with it? Cause a lot of people are saying it, it took, Oh, it's taking away from the show that they're talking about, you know, Jim so much and not talking about what's going on on, on
1: NWA power. Uh, and I, I think. And I'm gonna stay away from my like my personal opinion on that thing because I don't think that's productive at all. But Not here's yet. what I, I looked at. I looked at the first because really, really, you could almost draw a line and say season one, season two, right? Mm-hmm. Season one, I think that I think that Jim Cornette was the was the guy that had all the experience that really, in a, in a lot of ways, to a lot of fans, represented old school wrestling. And I know he's polarizing. I know that there, there are people that love him, there are people that don't love him. Um, and you know, again, that's that's he kind of feeds on that, so that's okay. I mean, it's not going to hurt his feelings one way or another, how you feel about it. And then I think that it absolutely was a distraction, and, and I think it was unfortunate the way it happened, and I think the NW handled it perfectly. And, and I know the behind-the-scenes stuff. I'm not going to get into that. Um, there's a whole lot more to it than, than was said, and, and, the, and the NWA handled it very well. And then you had the people who said, you had the people that said, originally, I'm not going to watch it if, if if he's doing it and then you had people afterwards say well I'm not going to watch it if he's not doing it. So that polarized people. But what a what a great acquisition to get Stu Bennett. Because you've got a guy that you talk about skins on the wall and I don't mean just like every time I watch the show I'm impressed at his professionalism and and how well he tells a story and how well he's he's building talent and he knows when to you know make the remark that's going to get attention and he knows when to lay back and let the wrestlers tell the story it's almost like no it's not it's taking it up to another level uh, a different level and i and I, I know there are still people out there they're like well they handled it bad and it, okay that's at this point that's neither here nor there it happened it's done it's over with but stupid it was i don't know who they could you know in retrospect i don't know who they could have gotten that would have done a better job than what he's doing uh, and another guy who Week in, week out, when I see the things that he's posting, believes in the product, believes in the wrestling, and when he says it's the best one hour of wrestling on you know available today, he means it. And that's coming from somebody who's been at the top level, done it all. You know, it, I, I tell you, you know, I don't. He is so valuable as a commentator, but that's a guy who, if he put on a pair of a pair of trunks, would get in and elevate too. You know, he's that good. So I don't know if that answered your question. I just yeah, it was it it was it was a it was definitely uh, a distraction. And you know I think when you're trying to build a promotion, build a product, you would prefer not to have. But I think it was handled the probably as good as it could have been with the situation that kind of unfolded.
2: And you mentioned Stu Bennett, who has been somewhat of a revelation because you didn't know what you were going to get because I don't think we ever heard him maybe here and there doing some commentary on matches when he was back in WWE, but never right. really full-on commentator role. So it was like, wow, uh, you know, he is doing a, a hell of a job as the quote-unquote color guy. Right. So it was surprising that they picked him, but then once you hear him and get used to him, it's like, oh, man, he, you know, he's really good in that role. <laughs> and he actually is... Somewhat seasoned, even though maybe he really isn't seasoned.
1: Well, my understanding, and I heard this recently, was that he did some uh, he did some for a promotion in England that kind of thought it was going to take off and, and probably had every potential to. And again, I don't even remember the name right now. And there are people who are listening that are going, "Well, you should know because it's this." I, I can't <laughs> remember, but and I believe that when um, a larger promotion <laughs> started a UK branch, it kind of it kind of dimmed what they were doing. So I think he has had more experience than at least I was aware of. But man, you know, the chemistry between Joe Galley and Cornette was one thing. The chemistry that Joe Galley and Stu Bennett have is different and it's better. You know, it's completely different the way it's presented and the way they play off each other and what their roles are. But I think this is a better version. Um, It's, you know, again, there's strengths to both sides, but purely from a, Sit back and listen, and appreciate what they're doing and how they're building the matches. I think this is a better version.
2: And I believe it was World of Sport uh, that was trying That's to take right. off in uh, England, and obviously WVUK
1: kind of <laughs> yeah. uh, squash
2: squash yeah. that. Yeah, I carefully
1: didn't say any of those names. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I noticed that. So it is interesting, you know, the, the different dynamics. But he has been excellent, and I like that he seems to either have been a fan all, all along, maybe watched it, or just is, is a good, quick learner and a good, quick study because he knows obviously all the guys, but he right. kind of knows their background and knows the storylines, and it, it, you could tell immediately if a guy does or doesn't pay attention to the sport to the sports, to, to the show. And he really has, you could tell he paid a lot of attention to what was going on in NWA.
1: Well, I sat, I sat at the commentary table for one match. Um, and I sat beside Stu Bennett and I looked, I, I looked at his, uh, his notes and I learned, I learned so much just sitting there for one, what, 15 minute match between Eli Drake and Mr. Anderson. Um, that is something that I have not really done at, at, at you know any kind of level like that, so sitting there with headphones on and watching those guys and listening to those guys' work and watching you know, as he was going his professionalism and Joe too Joe, Joe is a is truly you know a, a news person he's very professional, but to watch those guys do their job, and my only concern in being out there was, I know that they have a chemistry, and I didn't want to disrupt that chemistry. So my to me, my job was to sit there and if they ask me a question, do my best to answer it. And otherwise stay out of their way because those are the guys who are you know, are are running that running that ship out there and they're doing a great job.
2: Now at that point, Mama Storm's gotta be telling you, hey, what about commentating? Why don't you get into commentating? <laughs> what, what what about commentating? So did you ever yeah. think about commentating?
1: I thought about it and, and there's been, you know, some some slight discussion, but I think at this point, where you know, where? Because those mm-hmm. guys are so good. Um uh, and, and to be honest with you, I'm a, I am, I'm not a perfectionist by any means, but if I'm going to do, if I'm going to move into any area, whatever it is, there's going to be preparation and practice, and I want to know that I'm going to do a good job. Uh, at this point, I can't do their job. You know, can I go out there for a match? Could I fill in an emergency? Absolutely, and I would do my best. But and again, you know, this is this is my, obviously not objective opinion, but those guys are so good. Um, I could not step up to that level without a lot of experience and a lot of practice. Is it something I think I could do uh, in the long run? I think so, but you never know to your, you know, it's just like walking out there having somebody put a mic in your face and sink or swim. You never know to you, to you, you know, in that situation and given that opportunity. Do you have any regrets
2: as far as not getting in the business a little bit earlier, does that ever get pop in your mind? Like, Oh, I got started when I was 30. I wish I got started when I was 20. Does that ever kind of pop in your head? Do you ever think about stuff like that?
1: <sighs> well, here's here. Okay. It's ironically out my wife and I were talking. Okay. Wow. This is going to be a big, big roundabout to get back to your answer. Uh, we <laughs> were watching an A&E documentary, a three-part documentary on, uh, Garth Brooks. And I think each one was one or two hours. And, and at the end of it, and I was, I was, you know, I, I was familiar with his music, I but I had no clue what his history was uh, as far as where he went. But, you know, he took off for 14 years because he felt like he had gotten to a point where he had spent so much time on the road, so much time away from his family that he lost connections. And I had the story that he told was his daughter made the comment that he, he asked her a question. And when she answered, she said the word both. And he goes, what'd you say? She said, both. And he said, nobody in my family says both. And he said, that's the moment that I realized that a nanny was raising my children. And that I didn't have that that connection to my own three daughters. And he takes 14 years off of his life, uh, you know, from his career, and dedicates it to his family. And, my, and afterwards, my wife said, thank you. And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, thank you for having the vision that you looked out for your family, for your kids, and that you didn't lose that connection. because." You know, as I look at it now, I have no regrets. I had opportunities. I had tryouts. I had interest. I had never, you know, I had, oh, maybe I had offers. But, you know, two kids growing up, house payment, car payments, commitments, life. Um, and I chose to make that the priority. Now, would I do anything different? Absolutely not. Have I ever thought, <laughs> I can boy, I'm old. When I graduated from college, it was 1986. And the territories were still going strong. Have I ever thought, what if, at nineteen or twenty years old, instead of trying to play college football, what if I had tried professional wrestling in the territories? Uh, I wonder, but I got no regrets. It is
2: interesting, just me personally to think, oh, what if he started earlier then he'd be this <laughs> you know then he'd be this at the end of the end of you know you, you never know how things work out right. maybe you know, maybe certain things don't happen. And I, I just don't kind of going back to that uh, 10 pound of, pounds of gold. It is interesting to kind of follow your career and and, and, and follow the life and really do it. But with you know the modern spin of, of it's a YouTube show and they're following you around and they're editing, right. you know, putting footage. So it's pretty cool to kind of follow you and learn your life, but, learn an aspect of like okay wow he's oh wow he is that old Wow, he doesn't look it doesn't act it he's in amazing shape but it's it's funny to think that wow he's in his 50s he doesn't look it you know he looks a lot younger because he's in such great shape is that something a lot of people say to you like wow like hey, i thought you were younger
1: um it, i think that's been the, like i i made a decision man i don't even know how long it's been now maybe eight or ten years ago i was wrestling and um Actually thought about okay maybe my knees were bothering my back was bothering me maybe I need to be done Uh, I was I was doing you know local cable TV and I was happy with what I was doing but you know at the time I was probably 320 pounds I had long hair I was doing almost like a motorcycle gimmick I had kept it in a ponytail and I had a Fu Manchu mustache and I was fat you know and I came to a point where I just went okay if I'm going to continue to do this I have to make changes. I started losing, you know, I started working really hard. I had convinced myself, wow, this is so long ago, I had convinced myself when I turned 40 that I couldn't lose weight anymore, that everything I'd ever done stopped working. Well, the truth was I just wasn't dedicated to it. I just I, wish wasn't, I just didn't want to. So I made the changes, and then the next change was I got tired of trimming the gray out of my mustache. So I cut off the mustache, and, and not lying, it made me look 10 years younger. You know, I've I've always hated the fact that I had a baby face, and I don't mean like, you know, wrestling baby face. I just had a mm. big fluffy face. Yep. Well, all of a sudden, I looked in, 10 years younger. And then, you um, know, cutting my hair, and that may be So, yeah, it's always been – here's the unfortunate thing is, like, you know, I, I, I think <laughs> – it's hard to even say. I think I'm starting to look my age more. Um, you know, at some point, it's going to catch up with you. But, you know, I just – I try to take care of myself. I, I, I work really hard uh, within – within my body limitations. You know, if you wrestle, if I wrestle on Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, I'll be in the gym Sunday, you know, if I can. If I'm traveling, I'll be I'll try to be back by Sunday if I work Friday, Saturday. So I'm in the gym Saturday, or Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for sure. Um, but every one of those days, especially coming off a weekend where I may have wrestled three or four times, you know, what's hurting that day? You know, is my right shoulder messed up? Just my back hurting. You know how do my knees feel for cardio? So you have to work around all that stuff, and that's just part of. You know, I played some college football. Uh, I've always been competitive. Always been involved in something. So it's always about. I've been pretty hard on my body. Uh, so it's all. You know, part of part of the hard work is trying to work smart. You know, I I try to I try to work really hard and I try to work really smart. So yeah, it's I try to take care of myself. Uh, I would love to say I look a lot younger. I have no truth. You know, I'm my I'm am worst critic. Uh, I watched the the show the other day and I I, I started picking myself apart. You know, why did I hesitate there? Oh, I really like that tie. Wow, am I starting to look older? You know, I mean it's it's it's, it's mm-hmm. happening. Yep. It's happening. Um what can I do about it? You know? <laughs> I mean it's, it's 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 I am who I am. I say that all the time. You know, what you see is what you get, I am who I am. So it's you know, I'm I i can not change that. So I keep going out there and I'll keep working hard, seeing how things turn out.
2: I think you look a lot different than you did, let's say, when you had a, a brief little stint in WWE on the ECW right. TV that I, that I saw against Big Daddy V. I'm like, wait, is that Tim Storm? Oh, my God, it is Tim Storm. Wait, that's not him. Yeah, it is. That it's was the 46 seconds, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I
1: think that's what it was. <laughs> the irony of that is I think Taz was doing, uh, doing commentary on that, and he said, this young man, Tim Storm. And boy, my friends gave me a lot of grief over that. Uh, young man tim storm (laughs) i I think i was down to 285 at that point so Uh,
2: definitely a different look for that match against big daddy v i tell you that much even the the, what the singlet or whatever you know different outfit too right
1: well it was i was making the transition from biker i think i still had the long hair and the mustache but i was starting to lose weight so i'd gone from uh long tights sling singlet all the way down to singlet and trunks and then you know i From there, I went to biker trunks and, and, you know, biker shorts and then now to to trunks. So I'm I'm never happy with the way I look ever, you know. I'm always super critical and I'm always wanting to make improvements. And, you know, it's a constant battle.
2: As we hit the wind down, head towards the finish line here, what are some of your kind of favorite matches? And obviously, you know, we named a couple, but what are some like favorite matches, or, or even some favorite opponents you've had? Maybe that we haven't mentioned, or that maybe we wouldn't even think of. That's like, wow, okay, you know, it's just something to like to think of, or something maybe like
1: you should go out and watch it, or
2: you know, find it on YouTube or something. Is anything like come to mind when you think about that?
1: Well, here's the here's the the irony of what you just said. If I I want to be really careful because I think the danger here or the temptation here is to start being a name dropper, you know, and and if I gave you a list of everybody that I worked, uh, it's a pretty impressive list. You know, I've worked. I've had the opportunities to work a lot of really, really talented, well-known people. Uh, now, again, here's the the ironic part. Some of those weren't great matches. You know, I could say, okay, well, go back and it would be great for me to say, hey, go back and watch. Okay, first off, he doesn't have bad matches, so that's not one of them. But go back and watch the match with AJ Styles or the tag match against AJ Styles. I mean, he, you know, that guy. He's he's a great guy. He's a good friend. He doesn't have bad matches. But okay. Here's one that it really wasn't even a match, but uh, we did a we did a spot for in at Knoxville, Tennessee, for the University of Tennessee in front of maybe twenty six thousand people, and basically my job was to take the super kick from Shawn Michaels. Well, from a from a wrestling fan point of view, that was pretty cool. Was it a match? It wasn't even a match. It was basically bump bump get knocked out. You know, uh, but the the list of the guys that I've been fortunate enough to learn from and be in the ring with, you know, I did a whole series, uh, a whole storyline with with Ahmed Johnson that ended with him diving off the top rope through three of us stacked on a table. If you can find any of those matches, they're worth watching, because he was that good. Uh, Sabu, I don't know, man. It's, you know, I I worked for an organization for promotion in Arkansas called TCW where we brought in anybody who wasn't under contract and, uh, I worked most of those guys, you know, it was, and all of those are learning experiences. Some were good matches. Some of them weren't great matches. Uh, one of the, one of my favorite opponents of all time was doing the clown. Uh, Matt Bourne became a really good friend and travel partner. And, you know, he gave me the speech um, about how hard he, he said, <laughs> he said, I haven't bumped as many times in the last two years as I'm going to bump for you tonight he said you're going to be my new mr perfect and i'm going to make you tonight and he did um, you know so i mean it's i've been very fortunate to have great opponents great guys that, that knew a whole lot more than i did that i could learn from and hopefully when i get in the ring now and i and i work i'm bringing a little bit of every one of those guys with me because you know at different times i'm thinking about things that those people told me so you know are those matches that people want to go out and watch i don't know maybe uh, but again, I've been doing it for 24, 25 years. There's a lot of matches out there. and Some of them are great. Some of them, you know, I don't want anybody to watch.
2: As far as where you've wrestled, what's kind of like your favorite territory or like your favorite area to wrestle? Do you, or do you have one? Does something like stick out? I know obviously Atlanta, Georgia, it's, it's been very kind to you
1: lately, but yeah. do you
2: have a favorite place you've
1: wrestled? Well, you know, I've probably the, the, because I'm, I've lived in Texas now for I think 17, 18 years, and um, you know, winning the NWA World Title kind of expanded that. But Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Arkansas, all this part of the this part of the U.S. is really, really good to me. Um, you know, I think I, I think I'm respected, and I made a name for myself, and I think I've, I've worked at a pretty high level for you know long enough that. A lot of people are familiar with me, and this this area has been really good to me. But I also, you know, I, there's there's a lot of – there's some Tennessee territories that, that I really, really enjoyed. Um, at one point, I was doing this full-time, and I was in a band with 15 guys. We went all over the United States. There's very few places that I haven't worked. Um, Alaska and Hawaii, I have never, worked, never wrestled in. Uh, but, you know, I went to Africa. I went to Japan. I wrestled in Mexico, Canada. You know, all of those are great, but if I had to narrow it down to one, probably because I had the, the, you know, however many number of matches I have, I have no clue, but I would say 60 or 70% of them have been in the, you know, the Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas area. That's probably where the most, the majority of the matches have been. So that, that's the one that's been the best to me as far as, you know, meeting people, getting experiences, you know, working the bulk of matches. If they, they, that answer, it would be that. But the truth is every area is different. And that's part of the fun of traveling and working in different areas is you learn how to respond to a crowd. And you realize that a crowd in Oregon is going to be completely different uh, than, than the way you would work in front of a, a crowd in a little town in Mississippi. You know, it's just the crowd responds to different things. And that's, to me, that's, the part, that's part of the art of professional wrestling is listening and learning and responding to those things. As far
2: as your career, let's just say, I know you're never going to retire, but let's just say years from now, Tim Storm is behind the commentator table, whatever, refereeing, managing, whatever. What is, when somebody looks back at your career and the book is somewhat closed, what is kind of the legacy or the stamp
1: that Tim Storm leaves behind on the wrestling business? Okay, well, let me let me start with this statement. I never want a referee again. <laughs> that, that, I tell you that. You, well, you get in there with two incredibly talented people, and my goal on that was don't screw up their match. Now, if I'm in there wrestling, I'm in control. As as a referee, I had zero control, and it was, and I didn't try to, but it was driving me crazy. Okay, the legacy that I would like to leave behind is um, that I that I have earned the respect of fans and of the people that I have been in the ring and in the business with, and that I've left behind some of the knowledge that I have. Um, but I also want to be known as as a legitimate, not necessarily legitimate wrestler as far as a technical wrestler, but, you know, one of the things that I kind of hold on to on a regular basis is I think Johnny Valentine is credited with it. I don't know if he actually says it, um, but he said, you may not, know, you may not believe that wrestling is real, but you're going to know that I am. And that's kind of my, That's kind of my thing in the ring, out of the ring. Uh, I want to be as real as I possibly can. So, you know, I I want to be entertaining. I want to be respected, especially from my peers. But I want everybody to know what you see is real. You know, when I say something, it's real. When I'm in the ring, it's real. Um, That would be the legacy that I want to leave behind.
2: One last time. January 24th, the big pay-per-view. Get, you can get it on over at FightTV, fight.tv for more information. It'll be at 7 p.m. on January the 24th. NWA, Hard Times, a new television champion will be crowned. Give us you know, a bit of a hard sell. Why, if you haven't ordered it yet, although I, I've seen that the pre-order numbers are great so far, but if you're on the fence, you know, give the fans a good reason why they definitely should order this pay-per-view.
1: Absolutely, the most exciting, well-written, hardest-working professional wrestling that you're going to find anywhere. It gifted, gifted storytelling in the ring, out of the ring, and as this thing starts to build, I'm excited, and I don't mean excited for just on what part I'm going to play. I'm excited for all of this because there's some there's some amazing things happening, and if it's it's on every episode every pay-per-view gets better and better and better if you haven't experienced this this is something everybody needs to do everybody needs to see because this is ground floor and it's going to grow and get better from here seriously look at the lineup look at the car look at the people that are on it it just doesn't get any better than this
2: and look at that poster too
1: great poster it is a great poster
2: (laughs) Now, as far as plugs and social media and everything like that, what are your handles and, and plugs, and what do you got as far as social media out there?
1: Well, TimStormNWA um, is Twitter. Um, Instagram, TimStorm01, you can reach me on those. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a Facebook out there, and it's a wrestling Facebook, but to be honest with you, it's pretty much packed. And, uh, you know, you probably send me messages on there if you want to try to reach me for booking or... You know, promotional or clinics or anything like that. But as far as adding friends, I don't think there's any more to add. Uh, I think that's pretty much a done deal. But any of those, you can reach me. Uh, you know, I am so happy and so excited to be a part of the NWA and to see where this is going to go. And, you know, like I told you, one of my goals 10 or 15 years ago was I want to see if I can, if there's anything I can do to make this thing grow. And I, I don't, whatever small part I've played in that, I'm thankful to be a part of it. I hope I'm part of the future. Uh, I believe that I will be, but right now, man, I am riding the ride and enjoying every minute of it. And I can't see, I can't wait to see what's coming next.
2: Great, great stuff. Also go to nationalwrestlingalliance.com. For more information, is not only just about Hard Times pay-per-view, but about power tickets that may be available for January 25th and 26th, if they're still available. So definitely check that out, ASAP. Mr. Tim Storm, thank you so much for all the time you gave us. What an honor. What a pleasure. Great stuff from you. Thank you very much for uh, all the time you gave me here today.
1: Well, my honor and my, my pleasure. I think we're all in this together. So we want to make wrestling, you know, and we want to make wrestling everything it can be. And it's a team. Effort. Thank you so much for, for taking the time with me.
0: Thanks for listening to the two man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.